You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. So that's when I started like, okay, you're going to have to curate a page where you go through and seek out these videos and images that kind of speak to things that you kind of want to lift and edify and shape them in, in, in certain ways, shape them in a way that also carries your brand. And then also then market the things that you need to push out into the world. do you stay consistent on social media without feeling like you are constantly pumping out more content and writing more things and recording more things and speaking into the mic more and showing up on lies more? Just saying all of that feels like a lot. (laughs) Well, that's a question that many of you have. And we've said it time and time again, that consistency whether it's social media, your newsletter, your podcast, et cetera, is key. And we're also still humans. We also still have responsibilities to our clients, our colleagues, our employees, our team members. And we also have a life outside of our work and our content. And so it's only natural that this question has come up so much more, especially right now when so many people feel strapped for time. Well, this podcast episode is going to really dig into this. And one approach to being able to be consistent is rethinking of yourself from being the content creator to the content curator. Now, what I mean by that is really taking a look at Social media is being an opportunity to compile content and to see the common threads and to then curate that content and then distribute it back out to your people. And there's a lot of beautiful pieces to make the decision to do that. And we're going to really dig into this with an amazing guest and talk more about it. But I want you to remember that When you are deciding to curate content, first and foremost, you are really saving the people in your network and in your community and your people time because you went and found the best or the funniest or the wisest or whatever that may be for them and distribute it back out so that they didn't have to go looking. And number two, In that process, you've also saved yourself the amount of time of having to come up with original content. And then number three, which is my favorite part, 
is that you have amplified other creators, other humans that you find interesting or that you find amazing or inspirational back to your people and you've put them on their radar. Now, I think most of us have seen a social media account that is just resharing things. And because of that, we can usually associate that with someone who's just using social media casually. And nine times out of 10, those types of accounts don't even have like a profile picture that is their face. So like you don't even know who it is and they don't have a business backing what they're doing. So I want to be clear that this strategy is very effective beyond that. And I'm saying strategy because when you are strategic about what you're amplifying, how you're amplifying it, and all of those approaches to that, uh, it can really create a sense of community. And I also want to be clear that today we are going to have a guest and I chose this guest for a specific reason because I think that we can give ourselves a story that when we are the curator, when we're the moderator, right, that we're not there yet or we haven't made it or we're still on the come up or we're still figuring things out. And that's so not true. Uh, our guest today, John Good, you know, is is definitely not <laughs> this anonymous person resharing other people's content with no purpose. John Good is an incredible human and a very successful man. And he's also Emmy nominated. He's a writer and he was raised in Richmond, Virginia, and is currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia. But John's work has been featured and everything from CNN, HBO, BET, VH1, TV1, and used by several other networks and corporations. John's work has earned him the 2006 Pro Max Gold for the best copyright in North America. His collections of poems and short stories called Conduit was number one on Amazon for 16 weeks. John's debut novel, Midas, was released on September 14, 2020, and it's just so interesting of a story to dig into. And it debuted as number one as a new title on Amazon.com. He's also a fellow of Air Serimbe and is the current host of The Moth Atlanta. So I hope in hearing that <laughs> this episode has piqued your interest. And what we're going to dig into John, with John today is we're going to be talking about consistency. We're going to be talking about reposting of content, but adding some additional pieces in there to really make it your own. We're going to talk about giving credit to the creators that he's sharing. And we're also going to be digging into a little bit about, you know, whether or not he's watermarking his content or branding it in any way when he's resharing it and why. So it's going to be a juicy conversation. And <laughs> there's also going to be some surprise jokes and things like that in there because John is just has an incredible personality. So without further ado, let's get this episode on the road. I am honored to have you here. It is my pleasure, my distinct <laughs> honor. Thank you for having me, India. If I had to rewind back as to like how I first met you, it actually was through some of the other people's content that you share on Instagram. Your Instagram is full of hilarious videos, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank and you. you're welcome. And I'm really curious to um, to really learn more about how that strategy came about for you. How did you start sharing other people's content consistently? 
You know, so when we were all beginning to explore this, um, the internet, Instagram, Facebook, what, what have you, there's a push, of course, to, you have to engage the audience. And there are two ways to engage, of course, which is you have to consistently create new content of your own, or you discover over time that there's this wonderful thing in Instagram called like reshare, where you reshare people's com- uh, content. But even in resharing it, you can shape it a bit uh, like to your own needs. So I was creating content, but then I'm also, I, I travel a lot. Uh, I perform a lot. I'm on the road. Um, I'm writing a lot. I'm doing a lot of things that don't allow me to just create content all day. Like the creation of content is not uh, my primary focus. So then I said, all right, how are you still going to engage people in these ways and still give yourself the time to do what you need to do? And so that's when I started like, okay, you're going to have to curate a page where you go through and seek out these videos and images that kind of speak to things that you kind of want to lift and edify and shape them in in certain ways, shape them in a way that also uh, carries your brand and then also then market the things that you need to push out into the world. So that that was the idea, the thought process and the strategy behind. And I love it because just knowing a bit about the type of (laughs) the lifestyle that someone in your shoes lives, right? You can't be creating content all the time. And it just also is another great opportunity. There's a lot of layers to sharing other people's content. Number one, it's saving you time from creating your own, but it's also amplifying other people's voices and putting them in their content yes. in front of your audience. So I noticed that one of the things that you do is you brand the content that you share. Could you talk a little bit about what you're doing there and why? Yeah. So anything that I share on my page, it gets um, probably in the bottom right corner. There's a tag called good times, which is a tag that leads back to everything that I do. And then at the very end of the video, you will see it again. Uh, but I, then I also tag whoever created the content in it. And this is as content gets shared, of course, over and over and over again, the person who created it or the person who, who, who they, whose page they got it from, is what people see. So you'll notice some people will put in the middle of whatever the post is, they'll put their name in the dead in the middle of it because they don't want you to miss it no matter what. So I put mine to the side. And I started this (laughs) actually because I created this meme and DL Hughley, a few people used it and I didn't have like my name on it. And it was everywhere. And I was like, oh man, I'm not getting the benefit of this being everywhere. Like my, it's not associated with me in any way, even though I created the thing. So from that point forward, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to figure out a way to brand this so that as it moves through the internet and more eyes see it, it will lead them back to my page. And hopefully um, they'll check it out and see the books and the shows and the things that I have going on and hopefully support that. That's so important, especially like given the type of content that you're sharing. Um, I think that many times people can think that whether or not they have comments is a direct reflection as to whether or not people are paying attention or interested in what they've shared. But I can say for you, when you're looking at um, analytics for the type of content you're sharing, you're probably seeing way more saves and way more um, of a little paper airplane, which is a Mm -hmm. shares happening than what's actually Mm -hmm. the full picture of those likes and comments. Um, And so as things go viral, right, that is a concern is how do people know it was yours? 
I mean, and how does it get changed and things like that? Have you had any experiences where people have changed your content after you put it out there? Yeah, you'll put stuff out and, you know, people might um, change the music behind it. Sometimes you you've said something on it that'll be removed because once, of course, once the comment is taken, once the content is taken, you can alter it however you want. You know, you can you can manipulate it in all kinds of ways. So it'll definitely definitely anything you post on the Internet. It is damn near fair game. People will grab it and do with it what they will. And so you you have to, uh, for me at least, I try to embed into the video itself uh, something that leads back to me um, so that I can reap the benefit of these shares. And every so often what's, what's uh, interesting to me is that someone will say, hey, John, check out this video. And when they send it to me, it's my own video. I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, you know. I made that. That's what's up. You know, so <laughs> it's interesting to watch the cycle of it sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm him. He is I. So that's a, it's an interesting <laughs> process, man. This internet thing, it is, it is wild to watch. So one of the things that's been on my mind as well is as someone who has had so much success and is just really incredible with all the things that you're doing, um, how are you deciding what you're amplifying and what you're not. I'm amplifying things that are moving in the direction I want to move in. So right now my life is really wrapped up in the art of storytelling with the moth. It's wrapped up in a book that I've put out, the book Midas. And um, I'm moving into uh, television and film writing. So these are things like voices that I'm lifting up in my own life and experience. There are other things that I do. And I certainly mention those things also. But I encourage every artist, like you have to look at your life. You have to look at where you're at and where you're trying to go. You have to then decide like, you know, how do I get there from here? And even if you don't know, at least start um, putting forward things that you imagine will get you to where you're going, like content and uh, putting your energy into those things. So that's where all my energy goes. Like I, I know where I've been. I know what I've done and and I know where. I want to go. And so my, my energy certainly channels um, toward the avenues that I want to explore. Mm, that makes complete sense. Um, and for those listening that are not as familiar, could you tell us a little bit about what The Moth is and what you do with them? Yes, yes. The Moth is a, um, a company, it's a nonprofit headquartered in New York City, and uh, they are dedicated to the art of first-person storytelling. This is where an individual walks on a stage without the aid of notes. And they tell you a true story from their life. Uh, so I host the Moth in Atlanta, but I'm also blessed to host Moth shows all over the country. I've done London, Hawaii, everywhere in the U.S. It feels like we're all we were all over the place before the world got shut down. So, uh, you know, people come on stage at the small events. You you know, you come in, you do a five minute story. But at the big events, people are doing, you know, 10, 12 minute stories. They have a huge podcast and a huge radio show that reach millions and millions of pe people every week and i've recently hosted the radio show or at least i, I recorded it. it i think it comes out in july and i've hosted the podcast now probably four or five times and uh scheduled to do it a few more so that's that's an, a an avenue that i want to be in and fortunately it is going my way it is going my <laughs> way You've been listening to the podcast, and now it's time to join me and pause on the play, the community. Pause on the play, the community provides an incubator where members can test ideas, ask for support and feedback, and build trusting relationships that expand the ethical marketplace. 
And one of the ways that you're able to get that support is you have direct access to me and to Erica Corday. Combined with over 30 years of experience, you're getting coaching and consulting at least once every month in a live session where you get to bring your questions, your projects that you're working on and get strategic feedback on what is going to take you to the next place in your brand and with your goals. And that's not the end of that. We also have an evergreen resource library filled with tools and trainings and materials to help you stay visible, help you stay strategic with your brand. And we also have so many collaborative opportunities shared within the community, even opportunities like calls for podcast guests to get you out there and get visible amongst new people. So if you've been listening for a while and you're looking for help with your strategy and you would like to meet a community of other brands, humans, and businesses that are happy to connect over shared values and support one another, then I'm going to encourage you to head over to pauseontheplay.com slash community and join us today. The door is open and we're waiting for you to walk in. As a creator, as a writer, um, you're doing a lot of things that naturally, you know, you're having to promote yourself and your books. And what I hear is some of your efforts, even outside of social media, is really um, hosting and providing a platform for others to share their stories and their experiences. How have you kind of navigated the balance between um, putting yourself out there as well as facilitating other people being able to be on display and be visible and be seen? You know, I'm a person 100% when I began, uh, I began as a spoken word poet, which I I still do a lot of, but the people who I came up watching and kind of learning from, they were wholeheartedly believers of um, when the tide comes in, all ships rise to the same level. So they would, you know, promote you and know that, that the promoting of you also helps them. Like as as one rises, the other rises. So for me, the two are linked as I promote other people and give them, you know, good energy in a platform as life moves forward. They do the same, you know, when they have the opportunity, they, they also be like, you know, man, check out John Good or man, I read his book, check his book out. So it's a, um, it's a cycle almost like, I don't know if you've heard this phrase. They talk about like um, the uh, the exchanging of money, like in the black community, the circulating of money. Like if we spend our money with with ourselves, you can never go broke. That type of thing. If you absolutely right, if you spend your energy with people who then spend their energy, you know, with you, it's a cycle that just helps everyone rise. So um, yeah, I, I if you got something amazing and I can help in any way, I certainly put it out there one because i'm proud to put it out there i love to see good art uh be elevated and two it does nothing but benefit me in the long run also the trick though india is when someone has work that's not so good they want you to elevate it now that's the trick there it is right there like now what do you do how do you say like man that is not jamming like that is that is not mm, that is not the way for me but this is it. So that's the interesting thing, too, is that people will come to me with stuff that I don't I don't enjoy, but I don't I never feel like you shouldn't do it. I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, you know, I've been wrong before. I thought Nelly was a one hit wonder. I've been wrong. So definitely do your thing. Like, you know, it's audience for somewhere. Someone's going to love it. 
Um, and so I, I encourage people in all their art forms to do it. Now, I may not be able to put my uh, stamp on it, but I tell them all the time, man, listen, keep keep after it. Pursue your thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you ask the key question. It's like, how do you navigate that? And it sounds like you're navigating it really well. <laughs> Man, it is a dance. It is like double Dutch. You are double Dutching. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. Fantastic. One of the things I really appreciate about you is what you just did right there mm. is like the phrase double Dutch. It paints a very vivid picture of what it's like to be kind of in and out, in and out of like navigating that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's what all of this is. It's this constant game of of like double Dutch because you you know, it's about timing. You have to time when to get in. You have to time when to get out. And then when you're in the middle, when you're, you know, when you when you got it, then you're working. You're just keeping your feet moving. You're working. You're focused. You know, you're watching uh, the trends where the ropes are going. And then when the trend is not going your way, you jump out. It's it's, it's double Dutch. It's a it's a it's a double Dutch like for your life. <laughs> it's double Dutch with your career. <laughs> uh, it's so such a beautiful thing to hear that in your own way, like you're still constantly growing, evolving, not just in your content, but what you're engaged with, where the direction of your career. Um, it's so important to hear that from your perspective. Um, and I'm curious, like we talked about where you are now, but would you mind sharing a little bit about how you got here? Oh yeah, definitely. So I graduate college with a degree in economics. And I get a job at an accounting firm, uh, CIT Group, largest equipment finance corporation in North America. And uh, a friend of mine, or she was my boss at the time, Veronica, she drags me to an open mic one night. She says, hey, John, would you like to go with me to a poetry open mic? And I was like, I cannot think of anything I would like to do less than go with you to a poetry open mic. That sounds like a terrible way to spend your evening. But she took me anyway. And I sat there and listened to these amazing poets. It was 20 about 20 poets on the stage that night. And they, it was incredible. I thought to myself, well, wow, this is this is really something. And maybe perchance, if I work really hard, maybe I can do what they do. And so I started writing poems. And, you know, as time you perform your poems, you gain some popularity, some notoriety. And eventually HBO Deaf Poetry uh, came along. Mm -hmm. I applied for the show. They said, nope. I applied for the show again. They said, nope. <laughs> I applied for the show a third time. They said, nope. And then on the fourth time, through a kind of a, a happenstance circumstance, I made it onto the show. And so Deaf Poetry is really a launching path for all of the larger things I got to do from uh, from Deaf Poetry to people at Nick at Night and TV Land. They saw me on Deaf Poetry and invited me to come work with them on a project. Then that project turned into several other projects. Um, then the People from CNN, I got well. I got nominated for an Emmy when a Pro Max from the uh, Nick for the Nick at Night stuff. The people from CNN were aware of that, so they called me in to work on a project with them. Then I wrote a thing for McDonald's. Then I wrote a thing for Nike. So, like everything leads to the next thing. Like if you if you show up in this space, you show up, you show up early, you show up, show up earnest, you show up, you know, often you show up with some excellence. Everything leads to the next thing. You 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 can't. You can't putt, you know, you can't like poo putt on anything. You have to show up your best self and knock everything out of the park because you don't know who knows who and who's watching and who's listening. Everything leads to the next. So, yeah, I mean, I find that like in my experience, both for Flaunt Your Fire and with Pause in the Play, that what you said is super true. Um, 
you're meeting people and you think that these people don't even know each other, but it's a very small world. And then I feel like once you get into like the online world of people who are actively on social media and engaging with other people and starting conversations, that world gets even smaller and everybody knows each other. Have you found that to kind of show up in your life? Oh, yes, absolutely. The the interconnectivity of of people is amazing, especially once, you know, you start talking, um, you know, you might be in casual conversation with someone and someone will be like, oh, man, you do poetry. I know this is amazing poet. This has happened to me. They'd be like, I know this is amazing poet. His name is Amir Suleiman. Do you know him? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Amir Suleiman was a groom. He was a groomsman in my wedding. And they're like, what? I'm like, I know. Crazy. Right. And so <laughs> so it turns into this. And actually, most recently, which was interesting, is like uh, we were discussing the interconnectivity of things and how you don't know who's in the room and all this other stuff. I did a show a year ago before the world shut down in in New York uh, with the moth. And, you know, you know, I, I'm going to come out and do my part no matter what. So I do the thing. And then a year later, which is now. So that show was roughly one year ago. A year later, I get a call from a major publishing house. This this lady says, hey, John, I saw you a year ago in New York doing a uh, hosting this thing for the moth. And I just thought what you were doing was phenomenal. And I've been meaning to reach out to you. But, you know, the world shut down and things have been crazy. But we would be you know, interested in discussing with you the possibility of like publishing your book through our company. And I'm like, that's why when you walk out on that stage or walk into whatever your arena is, you just always have to put out the best thing you've got because you just never know who's sitting there, who's watching, who's listening, you know, who's going to look up and say, oh man, like there, I see something in this person. I, I see you know, where I can possibly further this person's goals and dreams in their career. Oh, I still love that. And I feel like because we're in such a, a modern digital world where people can also like research a little bit too, they might not tell you they did that, but they probably right. did. <laughs> right, right. Um, there's like an implied amount of humility and um, warmth and humbleness that people will perceive, even if it's not necessarily true, to be honest. Um, mm. When you see somebody who is continuing to lift others up and amplify them, even after they've, you know, air quotes made it. Um, and I'm wondering, like, how has that shown up for you when you're getting these opportunities and they're seeing what your social presence is and how it's not just the me show? Yeah, people, people like, um, Interestingly enough, people like people like people who they think are good people and people like people who they feel like they can um, connect with and get along with. This is super important in all of it. So when people talk to me, they see, you know, that I have a good social media presence. Uh, they see that I am. This is another important word about social media. They see that I am consistent on social media, that there's a consistency to what I do. And also the consistency is what's going to help you you know, build your brand, build your numbers, build your um, outreach, all of that. It's, it's a consistency game. Just like Double Dutch, you got to be consistently jumping if you don't right. want to stay in the middle. Um, they see all of this and and they, you know, they gravitate toward it. Now, once they come, you know, once they come and you meet them and you're dealing with them, then you have to show them that this is genuinely kind of who you are. Um, there is a, a degree to which uh, talent can take you. And then there's a place where the connections will take you or like how you connect and deal with people. 
So I've definitely I've done I've done shows and I've done performances with very, very talented people who are also not cool people to be around and talk to. And it often does not work out for them because people just don't want to be around people that they don't, they don't like to be around, even though they'll be like, yeah, that person's super talented, but I just don't enjoy their company. I don't want to be around them. And sometimes people who are not as quite as talented as those people will will uh, find themselves elevated just because they have, you know, they have some talent and then they're just they're easy to get along with. They're easy to deal with. You know, they, they bring a comfort to their presence. You know, when you're doing a project, it's not like, you know, all I eat is green M&Ms and I, I need some red tulips in here. You know, it's not that it's like, you know, I, I'm here to do this work with you and let's figure it out. And let's make it happen. So. It all factors in like your presence, your personality, uh, the degree to which, um, you know, you've elevated your art and the consistency in which you pursue these things. Right. And I feel like um, from my perspective, one of the things that goes into that is really allowing yourself to create content that's designed to connect, not just sell something. Yes. And I find that you do that masterfully well. Like. And very consistently. Um, But that content, it also, if we allow it to, can give people an idea of what it would feel like to be in a room with you consistently if we were a project. Like from your content, I can tell that you have a sense of humor and you're probably going to crack a couple jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because your content, of course, definitely is a reflection of you. It definitely gives people some idea of who you are. And then, of course, then people do a lot of like work in their head. Like they they imagine a lot of who you are. And some of that, of course, is way off. So I get people all the time. They were like, oh, man, you're probably vegan. I'm like, nah, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not vegan. Hold up. (laughs) What problem you got with the vegans? (laughs) I have no problem with with, with, with vegans. I'm just not one. I I know you're I know you do your thing, which is amazing because I'm like, I have no idea how you're uh, building all this muscle. That's what's happening. I'm with it. But they'll look at my thing. They'll be like, you're probably vegan. I'm like, nah, not me. Like, you know, I still eat a little fish every now and again. They'll say, uh, oh, uh, once someone was very sure I was Muslim. I was like, no, uh, someone else was very sure that I was from somewhere in the Midwest. I was like, "Mm -mm." but they were so confident in it. You know, it was like, you know, hey, John, you know, especially, you know, that DM slot, you know, I've always been attracted to men from Chicago. And I'm like, absolutely, find you one. (laughs) (laughs) I hope hope you get one. Like, so, um, thanks, but not from Chicago. (laughs) But I, I, on behalf of all Chicagoans, I thank you. I don't know. I don't know what to do. (laughs) So, yeah, this internet, man. God bless it. It's something. It's it's. It's it's an interesting um, puzzle to try to figure out, like, you know, how to further your career, further your art, further your goals in a medium that sometimes seems uh, just kind of used for frivolity. And, you know, like people just, I don't know, use it for a lot of what would be considered maybe almost like silliness. But within that, you can certainly carve out a lane by which you can do something impactful and something that helps to further your brand and your career. Thank you for just opening up and sharing so much about your experiences and how you've been navigating them. Um, Because I think that we can have these stories that when somebody has 
made it to a certain level of success are associated with certain names or publications or TV channels or you name it, right? That um, it suddenly has to be like only their stuff. And that's just, it's so not true. And I think that you're an amazing example of how you can reach a certain level of success, still have your own offers that you're putting out there, your own books, your own you know, experiences that you bring to the table, and also still be able to put other people on, as we call it in the Black community. <laughs> well, you know, India, let me just say this. I feel like one of, the, one of the things that used to really frustrate me as an artist when I was coming up is the number of people who knew how to do what it is I was trying to do and just wouldn't tell you. They just wouldn't tell you because in their mind, um, your success somehow means their failure. Like there can, like in their mind, there can only be one successful person at a time. And as you rise, they fall instead of looking at it as, you know, like I said earlier, like we all just, we all rise to the same level. So mm-hmm. I knew that as I moved forward, what I was going to do is that if you ask me and I have the information, I will absolutely tell it to you. You know, what, what's, what's for me is going to be mine anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't harm me. It doesn't, you know, take away from what I'm trying to do to also tell you like, well, this is, this is how I did it. Now I can't tell you how I did it. It's going to work for you, but this is how I did it. For instance, 50 cent would be like, I got shot seven times. That's how I did it. Now you don't (laughs) want to go get shot seven times, but you know, (laughs) that's his path. But you might glean something else out of his path. So for me, I'm like, this is how I did it. I can't say that that's how it's going to work for you. But I will absolutely tell you, this is the path I took. (laughs) Well, I agree with you on the not wanting to get shot. Um, (laughs) Not down for that 50 cent. But yeah, I I can completely relate. Um, Coming from the creative background that I have as well, like being young and starting out with modeling and photography you know, so often I found myself wanting to learn more, like, how would you light this? Or, you know, um, what is the unique thought process that you have behind each photograph that you're taking? And how are you laying out concepts and storyboarding? And it's just one of those things where I I find that people are really reluctant to share. And uh, Erica and I, um, because we're both from the Maryland area, call it crabs in a barrel. You know, Mm. it's like, you put all the crabs alive in the pot of boiling water. And just as soon as like one is about to escape to the level of success, like, <laughs> but they need a little bit of the support from the crabs that are still in the pot. It's like, nobody's willing to help anybody. They just pull you back in. Right. And I don't know. I, I think that I saw so much of that, that it's one of the reasons that I really connected with you because I see you doing the exact opposite. And there really is more than enough work. There's more than enough information. There's more than enough opportunities, clients, you name it to go around. Yes. Yes. This is, yeah. Like what you said, if people could just wrap their minds around that, I re- this, there was a guy doing an open mic in Atlanta and then another guy wanted to do an open mic on the exact same night. And the first guy, he was like, man, I can't believe he's going to do an open mic on the same night that I'm doing my open mic. And I'm like, there are millions of people in Atlanta. <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. Trust me. Like, there's room for your open mic and his open mic and probably another open mic and maybe another. There are millions of people here, man. Like, calm down. There's there's space and there's room. Everyone can eat. 
Right. And I mean, one person might attract different patrons of their open mic than the next because they have a different personality and they've attracted different talent. And so it's like you're providing options. Correct. I mean, <laughs> the nightclub industry seems on this like, you know, you, you go to Atlanta, there's five million nightclubs open every night, you know, and everyone is packed because I'm like, yeah, they get it. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. People want to dance. These people want to dance over here. These people want to dance over here. People are going to come to these things. But sometimes in um, artistic spaces, I guess it feels, I don't know, they feel they feel a definite fight for the audience. And so sometimes it can turn, it can become very territorial in a way that I don't think is productive or conducive. Right. What do you wish your peers knew from your perspective that could begin to shift that culture? Oh, I mean, I think you just, you have to understand, to me at least, you have to understand how large, you know, I'm like, how large this city is, how diverse this city is, how if if someone's doing something, providing a service, let's say you, India, are doing like, yo, I'm going to run a vegan open mic night, right? So <laughs> as the next person, you might be like, oh, well, then, you know, I'll I'll run one that just serves, I don't know, chicken. Like, I'm like, there's room for everybody. There's 5 million audiences. You just have to you know, figure out like, where is the want? Where is the need? And then, uh, you know, fill that space. But it's a, it's, it's a million of those spaces. You know, you just have to just look at it a bit, figure that out, and then in, uh, inject yourself into that space with your unique product, your unique uh, personality, and your energy. And uh, yeah, it'll go from there. So as we wrap up, I would love to know, what are you excited about right now? I'm excited about a conversation I'm going to have later on this week about a po possible publishing uh, deal, something that I've been pursuing for a while with, I mean, just, you know, starts and hiccups. Um, it has not been the most straightforward uh, process for me. I think this is, this is the, the thing I like about your podcast, too, is that individuals get to tell you about the rough parts of um, their career and any success they've had. Usually when you get to someone, you know, by the time you meet Kanye West, he's Kanye West. You don't see him living, you know, in his mom's basement or, you know, whatever his story <laughs> is. So I feel like these podcasts help people understand that overnight success don't come overnight, that there is a grind and a process and there's tears and heartache that lead to the joy and the triumph. So I think that's a very, very important aspect of what you're uh, doing with Flaunt Your Fire here in India. And I, I applaud you and appreciate that. So Aww, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. So I'm excited about uh, that. I'm excited about uh, furthering con uh, conversations about uh, these television and um, film deals uh, surrounding Midas. I also have been pulled in um, writing a, another completely separate uh, television show that uh, Wanda Sykes' production company is looking to produce. And then I have a third television idea that we're trying to advance with um, either VH1 or with the Food Network. So I've got all of these ideas that are uh, moving uh, forward in very, very organic ways. And I'm loving it because this is the direction that I've told myself I want my life to go in and I'm watching it go in that direction. Uh, it's nothing better than like building the roadmap to where you want to go and finding that, wow, I'm right on the way there. On the way there. <laughs> the things are coming. It's a long winding road and you will have to stop for gas and you will have to stop for sleep. But man, stay on the road. Listen, my dad told me as a boy, you only fail when you quit. So don't quit. Ah, Beautiful. Is there anything that you would want 
our listeners to know that we haven't talked about yet? Um, hmm, let me think. I mean, I, I, I encourage everyone, you know, wholeheartedly to examine themselves, examine their lives and figure out what it is they've been put here for. Um, you know, like when I was working as an accountant, accounting is a very, very good job. You can make a lot of money as an accountant. You can have a very comfortable living. But I would have been miserable every day had I stayed there. So if you find yourself in a position where you're waking up every day and doing something that you absolutely hate, then you should reexamine your life and like chart a path to your joy, which sounds easy. But the first step is so many people I talk to don't know what brings them joy. They don't know what it is they're put here to do. So you have to figure that out. You know, you have to try new things, put yourself in new spaces and see if you can resonate, you know, and find the thing that you're like, oh, this is the thing that makes me come alive. You know, this is something that I would do every day, whether they paid me or not. Once you find that thing, then all of your energy should go toward that. When I say all of your energy, I, I don't mean like quit your job, like don't find yourself homeless, but move all of your energy in that direction in a way that eventually it begins to pay you enough money that you can leave your job. You know, when I started writing poetry, I didn't just walk in and quit. The art form started to make enough money where one day I looked up and was like, oh, okay, you know, let me, I can really go with this now because I see enough coming in. So if you stay with it, you know, you stick with it, the money will come and then you can find yourself doing what it is you've been put here to do. Thank you so much for being here today, John. Where would you like our listeners to find you on social media? You can find me on uh, the Instagram that is at John. John is J-O-N underscore good. Good is G-O-O-D-E. I'm also John Good uh, on Facebook. And you can also find me exchanging coins for cash at the Kroger. (laughs) And I'll say that um, John is really great about engaging with his followers, responding to comments, and some occasionally sign up in your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get my abs right. I was like, hey, help me with these abs. But, you know, I had to abandon them. I had to abandon yeah, them. Yeah, I don't even have abs right now <laughs> to help you with. <laughs> but you know, what, you know what I'm going to have today, though, India? Tell me. Tuna. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is an inside joke for another day. <laughs> oh that's right tuna full circle let's do it i'm so glad that john was able to join us today on the podcast as you can see he has an amazing personality um and we have had some interesting conversations outside the podcast about what he does and his content which is hilarious so i know we already said it but i'm going to urge you to go over to instagram since i know most of you are on there and check it out especially it's like the page to save the post from when you need a really good laugh after a hard day and you need a reminder that social media is not all political and polarizing content. And John said something that really stayed with me for a moment that I want to reiterate, and that is to really take a hard look at what lights you up. What is lighting your fire right now? That might not be the business you currently own because most of you listening are business owners already. That might not be the brands you're currently partnering with because many of you are influencers. But find that thing that lights you up and find a way to either integrate that into the business you already have, or you can start a passion project on the side. I've seen plenty of business owners just like you begin to bring the writing that they're doing and start publishing their own books 
or start doing open mic nights, right? The possibilities are endless. And there's actually opportunity to make a secondary personal brand or career in those things that light you up. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really hope you like some of the changes that we've been happening. I'd love to hear your feedback. You know where to find me by now, but you can also let me know that by visiting flauntyourfire.com slash rate. And in your rate written review for the podcast, tell me what you like more of. We changed the music. We also um, are putting out less episodes a month. We're doing every other week now, but we focused our attention on having some incredible guests like we did here today and bringing really exclusive and interesting interesting and tangible conversations to you. And speaking of tangible conversations, coming up on the show, you're going to be hearing from some incredible guests that we have lined up. You're going to hear from Kim Perkins, who's diving into competitiveness and using that as a fuel for showing up and being visible. You're going to hear from Jeff Harry, who's going to talk with you about infusing play and how you can actually use play as a fun way to deal with assholes on social media. And those are just two of the conversations ahead. So make sure that you hit follow for the podcast so you can be updated on when those are released. And speaking of conversations, this episode was brought to you by Pause in the Play, a brand that completely loves conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And you can learn more about conversations that Pause in the Play is having. You can learn about its community, its consultancy, and its podcasts by visiting pauseontheplay.com. Thank you for listening. And I cannot wait to chat with you on the next episode. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known by many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?